Hi, everyone. Welcome to this new episode of the Players' Lounge, the tennis podcast that focuses on the mental aspect of the game. My name is Jennifer Megan. I am a former professional tennis player, and I launched this podcast because I wanted to create a space in which tennis players could find tools and solutions in order to improve their mental skills. But this podcast is not only for tennis players. It is also for parents and coaches whose ambition is to help their kids and players to reach their full potential. If you're a regular listener of the Players' Lounge podcast, thank you so much for your support. If you're new to the podcast, welcome. And at the end of the episode, if you like what you hear, I would really appreciate if you could uh, share this episode with a friend of my family member, if you could subscribe, leave comments, and preferably five stars on Apple Podcasts. It will really help me to grow the visibility of the podcast and grow the Players' Lounge community. If you're not on Apple Podcasts, no worries. You can find this episode on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Acast, Deezer, and many more. All right, uh, moving on to the second part of this episode about this U.S. Open, this U.S. Open recap. Again, there was a lot of emotions. In the first part, we discussed that question, you know, that famous quote of Billie Jean King, is pressure a pressure is a privilege, but is it really? Is it really a privilege? And we, we talked about the misfortunes of Osaka, Tsitsipas, and Djokovic. So if you haven't listened to it, I really encourage to, uh, to listen to it. You will find great tips about how to deal with this and, and how to overcome st- challenges when you are facing them as a tennis player or as an athlete, as a matter of fact. In the second part, I want to talk about the successes of Daniel Medvedev and Emma Raducanu. Because, uh, again, uh, let's start with Daniel Medvedev. We talked a lot about how Djokovic lost the final of the US Open, but uh, we didn't really, I mean, I haven't seen many talk about how Daniel Medvedev's performance was very good and how really prepared he came to, to win his first Grand Slam title. So in that, in that episode, I want to discuss the three major strengths, the three major mental strengths that helped Daddy Medvedev to, for me, being definitely the best player of the so-called uh, infamous next gen and why I think that, yes, he fully deserved his, um, his Grand Slam title. So I will start with the number one strength. For me, what makes um, Medvedev such an interesting player to watch and and such a great player to um, you know to to win titles is his ability to learn fast. I mean, what I like about Medvedev is that he's really learning from his mistakes, and he never makes the same mistakes twice. I've seen that you know many times, and I've been saying that for a while actually. But I will give you a few examples. Uh, back to last year at the U.S. Open in semifinal, he was playing against Dominic Team, and he lost uh, in three sets. But you know, towards the end of the match, he started to come to the net. I was much watching the game, and I was saying, okay, this guy needs to come more to the net because he's definitely not going to win the baseline battle. And he did that. Of course, coming to the net is not so natural for Medvedev, so he struggled and was not able to to get the to get the win in the third set. I think he lost seven five, but still there was improvement. He understood that that's how he was going to win that match. And um one month later he played against team again at the, at the Masters 
in London. And again, he understood from his mistakes and he was way more aggressive coming to the net, maybe watch the match of Zverev team in the final where Zverev for the first two sets, you know, was more aggressive coming to the net, winning points. That was great strategy and he applied it right away and he in less than, a, I think, a bit over a month, you could clearly see the difference and he won the match. So that was the first, I was like, okay, this guy really is smart and he's learning from his mistakes. He doesn't make the same. He might lose, but he's not going to lose for the same reason. So that's something that is very important when you are a tennis player or a sport, um, an athlete, as a matter of fact, or even a person, to be honest, learning for your mistake. Just say, okay, this is what I did. And next time I need to do it different. Doesn't mean the outcome is going to be positive, but definitely I will not do the same mistake twice. So that's, to me, is major quality. Then he did that uh, again. Uh, we know we we know that Daniel Medvedev doesn't like clay. He said it like very <laughs> openly. But again, this year he changed. He tried to do different things. He said that he had a discussion with his uh, coach, the, the French man, uh, Gilles Cervera, and he said that he told him, "Okay, dude, just look like you're playing on hard court." And he did that and actually did well. He lost in the quarterfinal in the French Open. For someone who's number two in the world, you might think, okay, quarterfinal is not such a great result. But before this year, Daniel Medvedev never won a match at the French Open in, in fourth, at fourth attempt. So that, that was definitely something that, again, improvement. We'll see what happens next year. But definitely, I'm sure that it's going to become more and more comfortable on clay because once he gets something, he applies it and he doesn't look back. That's what I really like about him. And same thing with grass. I think grass is not his favorite surf- surface, but he was able to win a title in Mallorca and um, lost to Urkac, but who played an amazing Wimbledon. So again, he's improving every time, little by little. And then again, we saw that, you know, but we'll dig a bit more into that, but definitely um, against Djokovic. I mean, he, he lost pretty badly at the... Um, at the Australian Open, and he played again against him in the final this year, learned from a mistake, and won the match. Which makes me move to the second point. The second uh, major strength for me is that uh, Medvedev always comes prepared. He's not just coming to matches, you know, and, and then see what's going to happen. And when you look at the match against Djokovic, of course, Djokovic didn't play his best, and uh, yes, and we talked about you know what happened. But one of the things that prevented him from playing his best tennis, apart from the pressure that he felt, was that Daniel Medvedev didn't come to be just a I don't know like a second character. He came to play. He came to win, and he had a very clear pl- uh, plan, game plan. He said that. Usually when he talks with his coach before matches, um, the day before, it takes about, I don't know, like five to ten minutes to to put up the um, tactical strategy. But this time they spent over like 30 minutes to discuss how they going, they were going to prepare that match against Djokovic. When, what he said is that, okay, I played him seven times. Seven times it was a different match which is amazing because it means that you really took time to analyze the game, to analyze what happened and to come prepared. And he said, okay, I felt very confident with my serve. So I make sure that I apply this. I make sure that 
that's why you know we were a bit surprised that he was hitting his second serve like so hard. But he said, no, that's because I I felt that I was comfortable doing that. And again, so he came with a very clear point, um, very um, sorry, very clear game plan, and that's what you want to do when you come with a match, especially when you know your opponent. You don't just want to come, you know, not really knowing what's going to happen. You really want to come prepared. Okay, sorry, that's a noise. Um, so that that was like the 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 number one, the second thing to me that was really good. Um, again, uh, third, the third major strength for me uh, about Daniel Medvedev is that he knows how to deal with his ego and he takes full responsibility for his action. That's something I really like about him. I mean, Medvedev is is a guy. I mean, he has a very strong personality. He doesn't. Uh, he's not trying to be conventional. And and remember, two years ago at the U.S. Open, when you know he had this, uh, he said to the crowd, "Okay, well, guys, I just want you to know that when you go to bed tonight, you know that your negative energy is why I managed to win." I mean, I, I honestly thought that was <laughs> pretty kick-ass, but. Again, you know, uh, and then it, it drew a lot of negativity. He understood that. He understood that, okay, that might not be useful for me down the road. So right after, you know, this, the next match he came, he said, okay, sorry, I shouldn't have said that. And, okay, I love the crowd. And, you know, it was very easy. He, he honored to his mistake. didn't try to find excuses. He said, okay, you know what? I was being a jackass. Sorry, guys. And that was finished. People like that, respected that, and now he's beloved and um, people were supporting him during the tournament. Everyone has forgotten that, you know, he had even a, a beef with the New York crowd. So that's something I really like about him. And I think that, you know, some of the players might struggle with that. He, he really knows who he is and he's not trying to, to find excuses when he makes a mistake. So that's something that is huge when you want to become a champion, even in life. But that's something that you can definitely uh, get inspiration from. Then he's also very smart, you know. He, he, again, it's about this whole ego. It's not interesting in being the the fans' favorite or you know the the press darling. When people talk about oh who's the goat or okay Zverev is the best from the next next gen Tsitsipas, he doesn't care. Like literally, doesn't doesn't give a damn. Sorry, excuse my French, but really, he doesn't care. He's like just focusing on doing the talking on the tennis court. And that's what I really like about him. And he does what, what I think um, Nadal was doing a couple of years ago when he was already number two in the world. He had this tendency to say, yeah, but you know what? Um, Roger is the number one. I'm just here doing my best. Again, that's such a smart way to put away the pressure. And Medvedev does that really well. When you talk about him, he's like, yes, you know, I'm, I'm confident. I want to do this. But he's not overdoing it like, oh, I'm the forefront of the next gen. I'm going to send this guy, you know, to retirement. He doesn't care about those things because really, it, but he will say, actually, he did that at the, at the Australian Open. So, oh, okay, now the pressure is on Djokovic. And Djokovic was like, oh, really? Is it? And then he kicked his ass. Again, learn from his mistake. If you listen to him at the, at the US Open, he was saying, okay, well, you know, very humble. Djokovic is, you know, great. Is playing amazing. I'm going to do my best. But kind of put the pressure on him, saying, okay, he's going for history. I'm just going for my first Grand Slam, and I will do everything possible. So that's what I really like about him. Those those three qualities, understanding who he is, not trying to, to be someone else or look, 
you know, a certain way for the media, the fans is why I truly enjoy watching him and why I truly believe that, yes, he can definitely become the best of the next gen and win many more Grand Slams. So congrats to him. Uh, and I hope that, yes, we, we see him uh, playing more Grand Slam finals. Moving on to Emma Raducanu. Uh, that was just unbelievable a performance. I mean, no one could have guessed it before the tournament. And if someone says, yes, but I remember because I saw her once at the tournament. Yeah, you're lying. Don't even try. But uh, let's just go back to, to achievements, winning, you know, coming from the qualities, winning 10 matches in a row, not losing a set is an impressive performance. And yes, people are getting excited. People are saying that she already that she's going to win Wimbledon, that she's going to be number one in the world. We don't know what's going to happen. Can we agree that what she did is incredible and amazing and probably will never happen again? Yes. However, uh, before we get all excited and, and start to uh, tell that she's the, num the next new number one in the world, what will be interesting is to analyze some of the strategies that she used in order to win a first Grand Slam title. First, um, what, I, what I've noticed about uh, Raducanu is that similarly to Medvedev, she seems to learn quickly. After Wimbledon, you know, she, was, um, she had a wild card, made it to the fourth round, retired uh, in the, against uh, Tomjanovic because she had trouble breathing. I think she said that she was overwhelmed with, uh, with the stress, with everything. She learned from that. She said that she really used that experience. And sometimes, you know, it's very difficult when especially you are a young player or when you are, you know, reaching a level of success that you hadn't anticipated. Of course, we all want to be successful, but sometimes it happens quicker than we thought it was going to happen. And I think this is what happened with Raducanu. She maybe wasn't ready for that. She wasn't expecting to to play so well, to go from high school, you know, uh, just uh, taking her A-levels to to be on the center court uh, and, you know, and, um, on court number one at, the, um, at Wimbledon and just, you know, being overwhelmed by that. But she said that she learned from that so very quickly too. And, and she definitely did because she was not impressed of playing on Arch Arch at any time during this tournament. So learning very quick from a mistake, again, is, I think, one of the big, biggest strengths. And then she she has a really good team. She has a solid um, team that she spent time with. And she said, okay, the whole time, me and my team, we were focused on doing things one day at a time. We were not projecting ourselves. We were just saying that we were focused on the craft. And this, the focus on the craft in one day at a time is something that here over and over when we listen to the greatest, the great champions, that mentality. Yes, there is one more to go. Still, job is not done to, to cite uh, Kobe Bryant. And actually, Djokovic said that as well. Job is not done. So just focusing on what you have to do one day at a time. And then she said, when I, when I played my first time, my first round of qualities, I didn't expect to be uh, playing the final. I just focused one day at a time. I was happy to made it out of the qualities. Then it was, okay, I was great that I won one round, et cetera, et cetera, until she won the, she won the whole thing. So that's one thing to approach things. And, and especially when you focus on your craft, it helps you to, to, to be more confident in what you do and not just to project yourself and create unnecessary anxiety. So that's number two things 
Then what I've noticed against uh, when I watch Hadoukanu um, this this US Open is that it seems that all the players didn't know how to play against her. All the players, it seems that when you looked at her, she had absolutely no weaknesses, which was quite incredible. And uh, Maya Sakari, who lost to her in the semifinal, said that when it seems that when we play against her, we kind of lose ourselves. We don't really know what's going on. And she said that I'm, I'm, I'm not the one to speak on the behalf, but it was the same for Belinda Bencic, who, uh, who is uh, a good player with a great tactical sense. So for me, it was kind of weird that it seems that she had no weaknesses. But at the same time, it's not, I mean, it's not a fault if players didn't really uh, find a, a weaknesses. But what she did really well is that she focused on the strengths and she went full out on them. She didn't um, try to, you know, overdo things, but everything that she did, she committed fully. Of course, yes, she has no pressure. She, it was the perfect situation for her, but still, I commend her for doing that. And she reminds me a bit of Maria Sharapova when she came to, you know, the center stage. It was a bit the same. I mean, you knew, and, and I think that uh, Hadukanu is even better technically than Sharapova was when she first uh, arrived on the WT tour. But what uh, Sharapova was really good at is that although you knew where the ball was going to go, she hit a shot with so much determination and conviction and, and, and you know, self-belief and confidence that it that didn't matter that you knew. I mean, you still, was going to, you still were going to uh, look at the ball pass. And I think that that's what I liked with Raducanu is that, okay, Yes, she. I'm going to serve. I'm going to do the best I can. I'm going to return the same way. She's moving well, and and she had the very clear plan: simple, being aggressive, moving forward, and just doing it relentlessly. And I think this is what, to me, Leila Fernandez didn't do well when she played. Uh, I was a bit disappointed because it seems that she didn't prepare really well that that final. I felt like tactically, she she was off. And when she actually had uh, all the tools to disturb Raducanu's game, I mean, she's a lefty. A lot of, I've heard several, several people say that oh, Raducanu's uh, weakness was a forehand. Uh, personally, I don't really agree. I, I felt that uh, Raducanu was more struggling when uh, you were playing a like, shorter cross court, kind of flat to a back end. So, and then she was put out of position and then you had, op- you had the court open um, Fernandez did that a couple of times in the first set and every single time she won the point. And I was like, okay, maybe she's going to do it, but I guess not. And she played most of a shot to a bat, to a, um, Raducanu's forehand. And Raducanu's forehand was, uh, she was in such, um, good mental state and full of confidence that she was hitting winners. Uh, so yeah, again, I think, I think in terms of, uh, uh the way Leila Fernandez played, I was disappointed because she was she's a lefty, so she could have used a slice to disturb Raducanu more. But again, kudos to Raducanu for focusing on the strength and trying to just to and uh, enforcing a strategy with so much conviction that uh, the other players were not able to were not able to to find solutions to to disturb her. So that's what you want to do. Uh, we always want to work on our weaknesses, but I think the great champions, any sport, they work on their strengths and they are making sure that they play with their strength, not with their uh, improved weakness. That's what you want to do. And 
Of course, now uh, the, the question that people are asking is, okay, what's going to happen? The aftermath, okay, she won the first Grand Slam. Actually, she won the first WT title at the US Open. What's, go- what's next? What's going to happen? Is she going to be able to handle the pressure, et cetera, et cetera? Well, one of the, first, the things that she did right after, she said that, okay, I celebrated with my team again. She, she has this great team and she said, we didn't really do anything crazy. We stayed together and we kind of um, shared stories, you know, about those past three weeks. And I think it was such a smart way to say, okay, I didn't look at my messages. I didn't get all excited. I kind of kept it private. She stayed in the bubble because she, you know, just to be able to process what just happened, although it, it's incredible. And then it, might take some time, but still, she made the effort to say, okay, that's amazing, but let's just, you know, keep my routine with my team. And I like that. So I think that's why I like this player, and, I, and I'm excited for her to be on WTA Tour because it seems that um, she's she's a bit um, mature. She seems that she's um, she kind of handles all those this fame with with joy and fun, and she she's not as overwhelmed, you know, like, um, she's not as introverted as uh, Naomi Osaka, for example. She said, okay, she she understands that, okay, that's fun, but she needs to focus on the craft. So again, what's going to happen with, to her? We don't know, but I, I, it's it looks very promising and uh, very happy that we had such a great final between two young players and really the U.S. Open man and woman. To me, I said that that was the most exciting Grand Slam in like I don't know twenty years, to be honest. To watch, I. I absolutely loved it and i hope you enjoyed it too all right guys that's it i hope you enjoyed that episode again if you did uh please share it with a friend on your social media with anyone and subscribe and i will talk to you next time bye